The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at EBB tide tc.com or call Once again, everybody, thanks for listening to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, as always, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free each and every week. Firstly, thanks to Angelo's Pizza. They're feeding us here as they always do while we record, and they, of course, bring pizza to you at our live events at Mount Carmel. If you want to try more of their pizza or anything else on their menu, it's all delicious. Head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And thanks to Smart Mark Video, they record all of our live events. And if you want to relive any of those or watch them for the first time, you can purchase that on DVD or digital download from smartmarkvideo.com. And additionally, head to powerbomb.tv, sign up using the code ABSOLUTE, and you will get a 20-day trial for free. And then stick around and just keep watching the shows that we put out there from the AIW archives. And as always, thanks to Jack Prince, who helps take care of all of our printing and graphic design needs. They can do all of that and more for you, whether it be banners, t-shirts, business cards, flyers, everything and anything. For all that they have to offer, head to jackprince.com. J-A-K Prince.com. That's right. Uh, that voice that you just heard, we'll get to in a second because... Uh, this episode is going to be all about him. Um, my name is Steve Guy. I'm your moderator of sorts. And for most of you, if you only listen to AIW's The Card is Going to Change, you haven't even heard my voice in uh, probably two weeks at this point. And uh, maybe more. Uh, at least two weeks, I would say. If you were at our show uh, on April 20th, you definitely heard me then and you saw me. But uh, I am joined now. Uh, this is the reason you haven't heard me. And that's what this is going to be about by... John Thorne, AIW owner, uh, a guy who's spent way too much time in the hospital as of late, and I know a lot of people have been wondering what was going on, uh, how he's doing. We're going to 
catch up on all that, uh, how this impacted what we were doing. We'll talk a little bit about that with AIW, but uh, I think most of that side of it, how that impacted us the week of our 420 show, we will discuss as we recap that episode uh, at a later time. But we'll we'll certainly get into a bit of that. Um, but John, welcome back. We get to sit down and do this. Yeah, I didn't think that that was ever going to happen again, honestly. Yeah, I I know. <laughs> Sometimes we we joke about that when we have certain episodes, uh, and we think that the ratings are going to go down. But man, you putting everybody through a scare there, uh, buddy. I've uh, put myself through a scare. That was. Yeah. Probably the scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. So for those to catch people up, uh, for those who don't know, and or maybe all you know is that John was in the hospital, uh, we went down to New Orleans for WrestleMania weekend, a whole grouping of us, multiple groups. And upon returning, uh, John ended up going into the hospital with pneumonia. Uh, it got really bad. There ended up being fluid, not necessarily just in his lungs, but around his lungs, which is really what created the, the problem and the issue for him. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start with the, the very beginning of this. I guess you flew down, you flew back, and then yeah, only a few days later you went? Uh, so I'm sure we'll do a WrestleMania weekend recap. Yeah, so we're going to have to recap that chaos. I'm sure we'll get We don't there. need to get into really all that, but, uh, I mean, I did uh, – run myself pretty ragged when I was in New Orleans with the schedule that I had on top of the never being to Bourbon Street before and never being in New Orleans and trying to experience as much of it as possible and, you know, see as many friends as possible and stuff. Uh, It turned out to be some very late nights and WrestleCon was very early mornings. So it was a lot of drinking and not sleeping which i guess could be they don't really know but they say this could factor into everything that happened to me yeah that could be a recipe for disaster a lot of times but uh i guess how it all started was i can't remember if it was before we left or after we we started flying home but at some point on the tuesday when I was traveling home, uh, I got really severe pain in my shoulder of all places, uh, like unbearable amounts of pain. I don't, I didn't know what was going on or what happened. Um, but like it got so bad that I, I couldn't even carry my bag. Oh, wow. Uh, I couldn't, it was, it was in my left arm, but even carrying with my right arm was like extremely painful. Like, uh, it's like nothing I could ever, I could ever describe honestly. And like, I remember when we got back to Cleveland, I was, I called like an Uber right away. Cause I was in like so much pain and I just wanted to like get home and figure out what was going on. And, uh, I couldn't like, I was so mad because I guess Ubers can't come and pick you up at the Cleveland airport anymore. Yeah. They, well, they have like you a have designated to, spot. You, you have to walk to. like kind of far away. Yeah. Yeah. It's not close. And uh, I was, like, dragging my bag because I could not, like, uh, lift it up. And it was, like, probably, you know, it was probably, like, a five-minute walk, but it was, like, 
the most painful thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> so like I, I get home and like my, my left arm is hurting me and I'm like kind of short of breath, but like, I don't know. You, you just think it's like a, like a cold or something. So mm-hmm. like I go to, I've, I'm so tired that I fall asleep cause I barely slept in new Orleans and I wake up and I have to go to work the next day cause I had been off for a week and I go to work and it's like, I'm coughing and the pain is still there. <coughs> and, uh, I start like coughing and like it, blood is coming up, like just yeah. straight, like, straight up, like nothing else but blood coming, coming up, uh, which was somewhat alarming, I would say. Yeah. You, you kind of tell us that in our board of directors, uh, group chat and we're all like, uh, go to the hospital, man. That's not, and I'm like, you know, I, I know that after, you know, everything that happened with Chandler, we really preached this, like, yeah, take care of yourself yourself. thing, but I'm not a doctor person at all. Like, uh, I didn't even know where my insurance cards were. I had to like, cause I just, I just never go to the doctor. I like go to the dentist like twice a year for my teeth cleaning or whatever. And that's about it. (coughs) So, uh, when like Wednesday after work, I'm like increasingly, like increasingly getting like, uh, experiencing more pain and like i start thinking like man left arm like shortness of breath like am i gonna have a heart attack like that's yeah. that's what i was thinking like i was like or did i have a heart attack because it was getting harder and harder to breathe and like my left arm was like in a ton of pain and you always hear like this like you know everybody talks about yeah the left arm or whatever so uh i'm like trying to just fight through it you know i'm taking like aspirin and like you know, Tylenol or whatever. And like, yeah, just trying to like, you know, home remedy it with some like Dayquil and like just, you know, over the counter stuff. And, uh, it just gets worse and worse. And like, I start spitting up more blood. So like, I can barely walk. So I call my sister and I was like, you need to come take me to the hospital right now. Cause I don't know what's wrong with me. <coughs> so my sister takes me to the emergency room and like, I can barely walk in there. And, uh, you know, they, they're, I have to, you know, of course pay all the money before any doctor will even come and talk to me, which mm-hmm. it's kind of annoying when you like feel like you're dying. Uh, and then, uh, <coughs> they bring me into this room and, uh, they asked me, the doctor asked me my symptoms and he's like, all right, I got it narrowed down to three things. I'm like, Oh, okay. He's like, you have cancer you have a blood clot in your lung or you have pneumonia. Those are your three options. And I was like, uh, like what? Like, yeah, you're fucking just, you're just right out of the gate with cancer. Like, well, it probably throws you that out there first because that's one of those, look, they have to tell you, right? Because if they do all this other stuff and it ends up, that's what you have in today's day and age, you're preventing lawsuits. So like, man, that's like, that hits you. That when you hear a doctor say cancer to you, that will fucking, That will uh, really fucking hit you hard. So they give me like, uh, they tell me I have to go in for a CT scan to like, el- like eliminate it down, eliminate these options down. <coughs> so uh, I do that and I wait like I don't know, like forty five minutes or something. And this is like I'm still in an incredible amount of pain. And at this point, it's not just my left arm; it's my entire left side of my body is like paralyzed. So, uh, (coughs) they come back and they tell me like, okay, it's not cancer. It's not a blood clot. You have pneumonia. 
And uh, they say it's very rare for somebody my age with no like bad like previous health history to get pneumonia. But uh, they say that's what I got. So they give me a prescription for a Z-Pack and they, they sent me on my way. Um, so I go home and, uh, you know, I, my sister just drops me off. Like I don't, the pharmacy I use is not 24 hours, so I can't get, <laughs> I can't get my prescription until the morning. Uh, and I just like, they gave me like, they gave me like a shot for, for pain, some kind of like pain shot. So I was able to sleep. And then when I woke up on Thursday, I was like deathly ill again. And, uh, finally, like, uh, I, I can't drive. I, I can't do anything. I can barely move. So Eddie only actually comes to my house and like get, takes my prescription and like fills it for me and brings it back. So like, I immediately start taking these antibiotics or whatever. And like, it's just not working. Like, yeah, it's not working. And, uh, it gets to the point to where like nothing I can't like get comfortable at all. Cause this pain, like it's, it wasn't like about the breathing so much at first. It was just like the incredible amount of pain that I was in, in my, in my shoulder, like, uh, which made no sense to me because they told me I had pneumonia. Right. So, uh, anyway, I am like, trying to sleep standing up like i can't i'm getting these like shooting pains all throughout my body it's like real 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 bad <laughs> so finally i like sit down in my kitchen at my kitchen table and like i can like if i don't move i'm, I'm like somewhat comfortable so i like sleep in my like in a chair at my kitchen table and i would hope that these like pills are gonna kick in at some point uh, I wake up Friday morning <coughs> and still like nothing. Like I, I'm, it's still awful. I'm still like spitting up blood. It's like all my symptoms are, seem like they're getting worse. So <coughs> I get a doctor's, like I get like a regular doctor's appointment or, or whatever at 10 30 in the morning. Cause they said like when, when they discharged me the first time, they said like, uh, if you don't feel better, call and tell them your your oxygen like your oxygen levels are very low, which that alarmed me that they were letting me leave with low oxygen levels. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, you know, if if you don't feel any better, call you know call the insurance like hotline or whatever it is to make your appointment and tell them you have really low oxygen levels and they'll take you right away. Okay. So that scared me. So, uh, I, I get like an appointment at 10 30 in the morning on Friday and I have to walk like so fucking far. Cause this hospital is like, I don't know. It's like under construction and it's just fucking all over the place. So I go to this like special area or whatever. And, uh, they give me like a couple like tests and then some doctor comes in and like, he gives me some more tests and he starts like listening to me and he's like, you should have never been released from this hospital. Like what's going on? He's like, you are in like a really, really bad condition. He's like, you need to go to the emergency room right now. Uh, so like they put me in a wheelchair and they like wheel me to the emergency room. Cause, uh, this doctor was like super concerned. And of course, like no, no doctors coming to see me until I like swipe my credit card from like my copay. Like they like send a lady in, which I, I just think it's like, 
I, I don't know. Like, I understand it's a business, but it's like, if, I, feel, get, I feel like I'm dying. And like, yeah. you're, you're like asking me for my fucking credit card and my fucking, you know, last four digits of my social or whatever. If, it, like, if it's not a heart attack and, uh, or you're not gushing blood or anything like that. Yep. It's protocol, man. I like, I, I was just like, I, I felt like I've never felt this way in my entire life. Like awful. Like it felt like. It literally felt like my body was shutting down on me. Like, uh, it's so inexplainable. Like the, it, just the amount of pain that I was in from, you know, apparently pneumonia. <coughs> so they, you know, they come in and they, you know, they give me an IV and they do all these tests on me and, uh, you know, they give me, they give me some antibiotics and, you know, they're asking me all these questions and then they say like, Hey, we're going to admit you for 24 hours we're gonna put you in this special 24-hour observation uh room or whatever so i'm like oh okay that sounds great to me you know 24 hours you guys are gonna make me feel better well it was way longer than 24 hours yeah this is still the same room that you ended up being in then for no 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 this is a different room they, oh it's a different room yeah they moved me uh so i go to this 24-hour observation room or whatever and they're giving me like IV antibiotics and uh, you know all all kinds of like all kinds of stuff for pain and <coughs> then you know the twenty four hours comes and and goes and then they come in and they say uh, you're not getting any better you're getting worse uh, so we need to send you to another part of the hospital and you're staying even longer so that's the room that I ended up staying gotcha. in for like twelve days or something like that but uh, yeah it just like they could not figure out what was what was totally wrong with me, which is kind of scary as a as a hospital patient because you know they're telling you pneumonia, but then they're saying there's got to be something else wrong with you. Uh, so like they start like running tests on me with like specialists and stuff, and uh, they're just like, okay, like one doctor's like I'm putting you on these like really aggressive. Um, really aggressive antibiotics because you know these young doctors gave you z-pack and didn't work so i'm you know now it's my turn i'm gonna put you on this aggressive stuff so he puts me on this aggressive stuff and then i see another doctor and he's like mad that i'm on aggressive stuff so he takes me off of it <laughs> and it's like these doctors are having like pissing contests with each other to like but it's impacting your body yeah right and it's just like you know, one doctor is like mad at the young doctors because they're not, you know, doing everything they can. And then like, you know, this other doctor is like, oh no, you don't need that. So like they fucked around my antibiotics for like days, uh, like going back and forth, kind of arguing with each other, which was like, and I'm just sitting there like feeling like I'm dying. And I'm like, can you guys just please make me feel better? <laughs> so then um, I start seeing like some specialists and uh, the only thing that they could tell me is I'm in like a rare 10% of people in the world that are affected the worst by uh, pneumonia. Yeah. And uh, you are in this weird situation. So having done research and talking to the medical people that I know, a lot of the people who are kind of like in your situation when it's that bad have uh, cystic fibrosis, uh, for those who aren't familiar, it's just not a good time. 
and those people really struggle with that. It's a lower immune system, and so you get something like pneumonia. And so not good. So then they come in and they tell me that like your body is reacting like somebody with HIV. So like this is like a terrifying like right. this is more terrifying than the cancer fucking thing. <laughs> you know, they're like your body's reacting like somebody with HIV. We have to run all these tests. And you know, they're asking me like ab- like about my like sex life and like all this other stuff and I'm like, "Holy shit, like what the fuck?" <laughs> like you guys told me I have cancer. Now you guys are implying that I have HIV. And uh, you know, at that point, you're like life flashes before your eyes and you're just thinking about every bad decision that you ever made in your entire <laughs> life with you know questionable girls and uh that uh, that and gigging during wrestling right nah that's fine <laughs> and uh i never gigged with abdul the butcher so i think i'm good but there you go uh I, it's just like so then i'm like fuck like what the fuck you know what i mean like and uh, they're just so like nonchalant about like their delivery to you uh and it's just like to like are you like, are you saying that I have this? Like, are you not saying that I have this? And they're like, no, we're not saying you have it. We're just saying your body is reacting as if you had it, but we have to do some tests first. So like they run tests and like, thankfully I do not have HIV. Uh, and they run me for like every autoimmune disease, like on the planet and everything comes back negative. Uh, which further confuses them because like they say I'm perfectly healthy. They just don't know why my body reacted like this. And, you know, I guess there's like theories of like (laughs) flying and stuff like that. Like, but it's like not like medically proven that like, yeah, you know, like something with flying and like, you know, a virus can like, it can really accelerate a virus. (coughs) Cause I kept going like, Hey, you know, I just got back from vacation and now I'm here. Uh, is that a problem? And, you know, they said, maybe, you know, did you, and they kept asking me if I flew, but like, they didn't want to say like, Hey, that's what happened because there's no, like, there's no real medical, it's just like science behind it. Yeah. A theory or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, uh, as I'm like saying like, Hey, I'm in the hospital, people start tweeting me about this, like measles outbreak or whatever at WrestleMania and like showing me that. So I'm like, I got to be like a weirdo to my doctors and be like, Hey, uh, what about the measles? And they're like, what are you talking about? Didn't you get like a vaccination? I was like, yeah, when I was a little kid, but you know, people are telling me that there was a measles outbreak in new Orleans and I was literally just there. And now I'm like, I feel like I'm dying. So like, you know, they run me for like measles, but that comes back negative. And, uh, you know, I'm just like there and, uh, it's being in the hospital fucking sucks. I just want to say that like for people like Caden who have to go to the hospital all the time, like that is, uh, I would, I would wish that upon nobody because it was by far the worst experience of my entire life being in a hospital. Like it, it, it's just, it's awful. It's like, it's like being a, a prisoner kind of like, and like eventually it like really like later on in the process, it really like turned into me kind of being a prisoner. Uh, but, uh, it was just, I wish, I, I, I wish going to the hospital, uh, for a long stay on nobody, uh, mainly because the food is fucking awful too. <laughs> like <laughs> bad. Like they got so mad at me because I refused to eat their fucking shitty food that they sent like the head nutritionist up to speak to me. 
And I was like, I have like my family's bringing me food because I cannot eat whatever the fuck that is. Like I looked right at the nutritionist and I said, that food does not look like the road to recovery to me. The one day I, uh, I came in there and I, I looked it up the lunch and bringing, I brought you food this day. And, uh, I looked at what was maybe supposed to be meatloaf. Oh, it's, yeah. I have no idea what it was, honestly. You can't tell what any of the food is. It's like insane. Poor Matt Justice made the mistake of uh, eating some of it to prove how manly he was. Uh, The day of the 420 show, he (laughs) he ate some filet of fish. (laughs) Is that what it was? Uh, later on after you were later after. Okay. And uh, I got a text about 530 in the morning that said, think that fish is coming back up bro <laughs> yeah probably not the after party <laughs> <It was> the <laughs> fish party. but uh so anyway like um i start seeing these specialists and uh literally all they're telling me is like uh you came down with a case of bad luck and like these are like fucking like world-renowned like fucking lung specialists and they're saying they have no idea what happened to me why it happened to me uh there's no like they they cannot figure it out and they just say that you know i come down like i've come down with a case of bad luck um and then i start feeling like a lot better when i'm in there because they're giving me all these they're giving me like breathing treatments and they're giving me like um they're giving me like uh like they they go back to like the hardcore antibiotics like mm-hmm. they they decide on that uh so i start feeling like like so much better like they're giving me things for pain uh, so I'm not in pain anymore. And uh, they make me think that I'm like going to go home one day. And they're just like, yeah, you're you're on your way home. You know, everything's going good. And then uh, they send me for like a CT scan. And they're like, yeah, we just want to, you know, see what's going on or whatever. And this is like, I'm there like nine days at this point, you know. So I'm like ready to fucking go home. Like can't take a shower like, uh, like you just feel like you just feel like a prisoner. Like, yeah, they're like, Oh, you could, you could, uh, maybe jump in the community shower, but I'm like, dude, I'm not like showering with these people with like, I know there's people with like MRSA on my floor and like crazy. Like they, at one point they tried to room me with somebody with MRSA and I was like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what that is, but it sounds fucking really bad. And I have apparently a really low immune system right now. So like, please no, like, let's not do that. I was luckily like, alone uh up until like my last like day and a half but uh so like you just start feeling awful because you're not showered you're like you know just trapped in this room and uh they gave me like this final ct scan or whatever and then like they were gonna let me go like all the doctors were saying like you're going home today man you're going home today and uh they come in and they're like we're pretty sure you need surgery and i was like you guys have been telling me i'm going home all fucking day yeah uh, and they're like, oh, you know, well, we found this fluid outside of your lung and, you know, CT scans don't lie. And uh, I started like freaking out. Sorry if this is boring for everybody, but this is just how it went down. And uh, I went, uh, I've had three CT scans. Like you're telling me CT scans don't lie. This is the third one. And now you've just magically discovered this like life threatening fluid outside yeah, of my lung. Been? Yeah. And it's just like it, it was very frustrating. So. Uh, I started asking like a lot of aggressive questions, I guess, because I was pissed because like I was ready to go home and uh, they just told me they were just like, yeah, you better get ready for another week here plus surgery. 
and uh like they're like it's not that big of a deal you know like uh we just got to talk to the chest surgeon and he's gonna you know just have to crack you open and get that fluid out and uh i was like i was pissed and uh i started asking like a lot of aggressive questions about like why i was initially like discharged after a ct scan like all the other ct scans that i had that you know nobody brought this up to me and uh the doctor's response was i'm going to leave before you hit me and uh instead of giving me any logical answer to any of my questions she said i'm gonna leave because i think you're gonna hit me and like i wasn't gonna hit her but i was i was pissed off obviously because i've been trapped in this fucking hospital so uh they tell me that they're gonna put like a chest tube in me and uh you know they're gonna try this medicine but the doctor looks me right in the eye and they say but uh you know if we were gambling people we would bet against this medicine we just have to do this in order to get to the surgery because the surgeon won't speak to us until we do this first and we feel you're a really good candidate for surgery so we're gonna put this chest tube into you and put this medicine into you that we don't think is going to work for the next three to four days. And then you're going to go to surgery. And, uh, I just like, I could not believe it. Like that was like, I thought that that was like the worst day. That was going to be like the worst day of my life. Like I like totally like just broke down, uh, that day. Cause I felt like, uh, <laughs> I felt like these people were just going to like, let me die in there because they really wanted to do surgery on me, like for like research purposes or whatever. Like, that's honestly what it felt like. They just kept saying, like, you're a really good candidate for surgery. So, like, we really want to do the surgery so, like, we can learn more about, well, like, what's going on. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't want to be, like, your test dummy. Like, like it, just do something to fix me. Like, don't tell me you're going to give me this medicine that's not going to work. Yeah, I'm not a frog in seventh grade science class. And that's, like, that's kind of, like, what I felt like. I kind of felt like I was, like, a science project to these people because, like, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And they were, like, so excited to just, like, cut me open and, like, figure it out. Uh, and uh, so I'm, like, terrified that, you know, they're telling me, like, chest tube, like, chest tube. Like, so, like, they don't explain it to you. So, like, they're leaving this up to my imagination. And I'm, like, yeah. fucking, like, I'm losing my mind because, like, I'm, like... You know, the last time I'm at, I'm at the hospital is to see Chandler Biggins hooked up to, like, all this crazy stuff. And that's what I was going to say, you know, for being what we went through with Chandler and, and you being there many times, is that really impacting and playing on oh, your mind? Oh, 100%. Like, I'm just like, dude, they're going to they're gonna incubate me and, like, fucking put these tubes in me and I'm never going to wake up again. Like, I, I 100% felt like I was going to die in that hospital. Like, no... Like, that is not an exaggeration or an overreaction. Like, <laughs> there were several times where I felt like I was going to die throughout this process. Like, the first time was when they released me initially and, like, sent me home. Like, uh, that whole Thursday night uh, into Friday, like, I really, like, I think if I didn't go back to the hospital, I would have been dead in 48 hours uh, if I didn't start getting, like, real medicine. Yeah. Because, like, it was, <laughs> it was bad. And then... Uh, when they're telling me about this chest tube, I'm just like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to die in here because like, I'm just associating like tubes with like everything that I saw Chandler hooked up to and like how he was just like in a coma for months. And like, I'm just like, dude, this could, this cannot happen. Like, and it's literally one year, almost exactly to the date yeah. of him getting sick. And, uh, I, like it's all like freaking me out like this it's like some weird like final destination shit 
of like, you know, now it's your turn to go. Like, and like that may sound crazy or like fucking like, I don't know, but that's really what, I, that's really what I was thinking. Like, I was like, holy shit. Like now, I'm, like one year later, I'm going to, I'm going to die. Like you're, you're th- wondering if there's like some sort of AIW curse or something going on. Dude, something like, I, I honestly felt like it, it, not even an AIW curse, like just like a Cleveland wrestling promoter curse. Cause like GT, yeah. GT yeah. lightning died really young, you know, and like Chandler, you know, Chandler died really young. So I'm just like, fuck, like what, like what is going on? And like when these doctors are like, can't are telling you like, they're going to give you medicine. That's not going to work. Right. Like that just makes me feel worse. And they're like, yeah, you know, you, you got to go have this procedure. And then, uh, you know, we're going to put this chest tube in you. And then, you know, next week you're, you're off the surgery. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, you guys told me I was going home today, and now, like, you hit me with all this stuff. So I go and, like, <laughs> I get this tube put in me, and it, 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 it ends up being, like, kind of, like, in my side, like, and in my back, kind of, like, right near my lung. And, like, thankfully, like, I was, like, you know, I was freaking out. And, like, thankfully, it was, like, a very, like, minor procedure like they just like shot some Novocaine into me and like they put like, uh, I guess like what's like the size of like a catheter tube into my like lung area mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like attached it to like a bag. And I had to like carry this bag around with me and they told me like, you know, uh, they're going to come and like hook you up to like suction and this further apparatus and like do all this other shit. And uh, then like nobody shows up for like 30 hours to like, fix this on me like i'm just carrying this bag around with me for like a day and a half and uh i'm finally like i'm just like when the lung specialist comes back who thought i was gonna hit her like i start going off on her about that i'm like hey like you know you're saying all this stuff like this isn't gonna work like i've been walking around for a day and a half like carrying this bag around when you guys are supposed to like hook it up to whatever's supposed to maybe or maybe not fix me so like they finally like you know come and hook me up of course at like midnight later that night and like set it up to like the suction or or whatever it's basically a vacuum yeah uh i mean i could fill people in because i was was there to see it and basically what this is like this little box and this box has columns and there's a line and it goes to a wall and literally it is a vacuum that's it's sucking and it starts pulling it, well, the idea is it's going to pull all of this fluid surrounding John's lungs out through this little tube that is now in his uh, side. And I, I, I guess like uh, like the the fluid is like it was like on its way to being something called like a pleural like hepaema or something like that, which like I look like they say it's not that yet, but it's like close to that. It's in like my pleural space and. uh so like I look that up and it's like, yeah, this uh, plural epinema has a 20% death rate in adults within one year. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like I am going to die. <laughs> Cause like they won't tell me the consequences of like what, what it means if like it is like an epinema. I can't even say the word right, but like, well, the doctor e- even says like, I'm not going to tell you what that means if you, if you have that, like, but you know, let's hope that you don't. So, uh, they take like samples or whatever. And like, I have to, I guess they have to see if like things grow in it, in it. Uh, and luckily like nothing grew in my sample, <laughs> but they said like, 
the issue is, and this is like, what's kind of disgusting is, is like, if you don't get the fluid out, it like, it's like the like premature, premature stages of it turning to like pure pus and like, just like hardening and basically like infecting your whole body and like drowning your lungs and pus. And, uh, that was pretty disgusting sounding to me. Yeah. So like, and they're like, you know, if we find any pus, like you're in a lot of trouble. So I'm like, get this shit out of me. Yeah. You know, like at, at this point, I don't, <laughs> you don't like the sound of surgery, but you're like, let's do it right now. Like baby. get it out of me. Yeah. So like, uh, after they hooked me up to the suction, like nothing happens, like nothing's coming out of me. So they're like, okay, we're going to try this medicine that we think isn't going to work. So like they put that medicine inside of me and then like, I, I called it like an ice cream shot. It was like this fucking like freezing cold shot that they like shot into the tube, like to go into my body. And, uh, it was so fucking cold <laughs> and it, I guess it was like, it's called like TPA or TBA or something. And they said it was like to break up like the, the fluid was like in pockets. It wasn't like free flowing fluid that was all connected. So they were like trying to like break down the wall of like in between the pockets of fluid or whatever. Uh, so like they shoot that in me and like all the shit starts coming out and they're like, the one doctor's like, Oh man, like, I guess it's working, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, then they come back and like, they do it again. And like, like uh, the next day I want to say, and I like stand up and like my shirt's all wet and I'm like, Hey, like, I think the medicine leaked out and they're like, Oh no. Like it started coming out so fast that like, that's like the lung fluid all it over you. So well, like it burst, like, cause they like how they did it was they would put this like cold medicine into me. They would like close it off yeah, for like an hour to like, let it like simmer inside my body. Yeah. But I guess like it was coming out so fast that it like broke the seal of the tube and just started leaking all over me. And, uh, you want to talk about being grossed out, like <laughs> try like having a doctor tell you that like all this disgusting lung juice that's like built up inside of you yeah. is now pouring out all, all over your clothes and like all over your body and you can't take a shower. I was just going to say, and to remind everybody, and especially now at this point, yeah, I cannot, I absolutely, can't take a shower I absolutely cannot, this opening in you, they yeah, told you. I absolutely, I'm told I absolutely cannot take a shower. Yeah. Uh, so I have to like wipe off with like, baby wipes basically sponge bath buddy come on <laughs> where's the hot nurse <laughs> there was not one hot nurse in that whole building <laughs> there was not one hot nurse in the whole building but uh so yeah worldwide came and cleaned you all no <laughs> <laughs> what's up everybody alex worldwide killer here to tell you all about at thrift store jobber instagram etsy ebay etc all over that internetstra but you know, the attitude area, well, it was pretty gnarly. And the WWF, it was pretty hot. They had that scratchy logo. They were putting that all over everything. And, well, they put them on these two duffel bags. That's right. He's got duffel bags available with that scratchy WWF logo. You can fit a lot of somas in these things. Tell you what. Live that old brother life. Long as you can until you can't no more. Because those days, they ain't coming back. And they never will. There's too many channels on cable now, guys. It's not going to happen. But anyway, use promo code WORLDWIDE to get 10% off your order from at Thrift Store Jobber. Do it.
I did have like a, I did have like one really good nurse. Her name was like Shwarma. She was like Indian. Yes. She took like really good care of me. Some of the other nurses were like, I got to meet her. She was nice. Some of the other nurses were just like, did not give a fuck like if you got better or not. Like very like just like. How about uh, your guy that didn't like his uh, his pay? Oh yeah, they're coming in. They're complaining to me about their paychecks. <laughs> like this guy, this guy that's like takes my blood pressure or whatever. He just like puts a bed in my room so no one could get in. He's like, I don't know. They told me to. They told me they want me to stay overtime and they want me to do something with this bed. But you know, last time they didn't take care of Andre, so Andre ain't staying. And I'm just like. <laughs> Okay, man. Cool. Like, I'm glad that like you're responsible for my health, and you're mad about your hourly wages. Yeah, yeah. And like other nurses were like complaining. Uh, so <laughs> it was just it's fucking weird place, man. And like they would come and like take my they would take like blood from me at like two o'clock in the morning every night for some reason. And it's just like uh, anything that they could do to make sure like you just don't sleep at all. I think is like their policy. Yeah, that's an unfortunate but common kind of thing with hospitals. And, you know, they've got to keep a regular eye on you to make sure everything's, you know, good to go on the up and up. Oh, they were not taking, a, they were not keeping a very good eye on me because I will tell you the, yes, the next ahead. time that I thought I was going to die was uh, I had this tube in me for maybe two days. And uh, I, you know, they gave me like, they gave me this like crazy fucking like, cocktail to fucking fall asleep they give me like an oxycotton uh codeine cough syrup to wash it down and a melatonin so like i'm fucked like i am fucked beyond belief of like you know i don't like fuck with like pills or anything like that so like this yeah. fucking pill like this oxycotton hits me fucking hard <laughs> like and then the codeine and all of it so i'm fucked up and i i fall right asleep and uh I, I was like sleeping in like a recliner instead of the bed because like <coughs> the initially like the pain on my like left side, I, I couldn't lay down. So I just started sleeping in this chair. So like I'm fucked up. I don't know what is going on and I wake up and I am in like, like I'm dying. Like I can't breathe. I wake up g gasping for air <coughs> and uh, I can't catch my breath. My fucking all my pain is back. So I like start hitting this fucking nurse button and they're like, Oh, I don't know. And like, I'm like, I grab like the oxygen thing off the wall and I start like, you know, like put it in my nose so like I can get some oxygen in, into my body. And like, they were just like, I don't know. We got to call the doctor. And I'm like, I'm fucking like, I'm dying right now. Like, please yeah. do something. <laughs> and it turns out that like, uh, nobody was paying attention to this like chest tube in my body and it got like, twisted and kinked when i was sleeping uh so all the stuff like i told you like earlier like the stuff was like rushing out of my body at a rapid pace well it got blocked and like just was like getting like it was trying to come out and getting forced back inside of my body which was like putting like all this pressure on my lung again yeah and i could not breathe and like it, it must have did something to like push my lung back up because they explained the shoulder pain to me is like your lungs sit like really high up actually. And then like this fluid was pushing my lung up further. Mm -hmm. So like, that's why I got like really bad shoulder pain. So like all the day one symptoms come back and I can't breathe. I can't do anything. And this is like, 
uh, this is the day before the show. This is on like, you know, the morning of like April 20th. And, uh, they just like had no concern that like they, like the nurse let me get all kinked up or whatever. Yeah. And like my family, like it calls up there and they're just like yelling, like, Hey, like, you know, he almost died last night. And the, the nursing staff says, uh, like the nurse in charge says, he has to do a better job of monitoring himself. Like they gave you something to basically pass out. Right. But they said that I needed You're on drugs. I needed to do a better job monitoring myself uh because they're not going to go in and see me any extra just because I got a chest tube that got kinked. And I don't think the question it wasn't a question of seeing you extra, it was a question of make sure you're checking everything when you do go in and see him. Right. And uh <laughs> So <laughs> the unfortunate thing is, is like that brought back every initial symptom that had gone away. Uh, I don't know why that happened, but it brought back everything. Like all the pain was back. The shortness of breath was back. Like I couldn't breathe on my own. <coughs> like it, I, everything was back. I was coughing uncontrollably. Like, uh, so then, you know, that day is when like everyone wants to come and see me. So like, Poor Dave the Potato, he was, like, crying seeing me in this condition. Like, he co- he shows up and he starts, like, crying because, like, I'm, like, back to, like, square one on my deathbed again, like, yeah. be- because of this fucking, because of the, this tube kink or whatever. Yeah, because actually I came in, I came on Thursday and saw you and I was there for a couple hours with you and... I was fine. And we talked about it and you were, you were doing great, you were feeling a little bit better, you were coughing much less, and then... Boom! You were you were yeah. You came sleep. Friday. You're gonna get to sleep. And then I come Friday, and I was like that again. Yeah, yeah. And like that's when like all the wrestlers were coming to see me. So I'm sure they all definitely thought I was gonna die. Right. I came with Eddie uh, Kingston. We brought you your your favorite uh, <coughs> Denny's chicken tenders with some mashed potatoes and fries. Mashed potatoes and fries. Yep. So uh, yeah, like then you know everyone thinks I'm sure, I'm sure everyone thinks I'm gonna die. I like I thought I was gonna die. Um, and then, uh, you know, they monitor me, you know, like I tell, I just tell the nurses, like I get some good nurses and I tell them like, Hey, please like watch this for me. And, uh, they end up monitoring it and like, uh, it gets back to like, they give me these fucking cold shots some more. And like, it ends up like something like over like a hundred cc's or a thousand cc's of fluid comes out of like, comes out of me. This box was pretty gnarly. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty gross. All the fluid, it's yeah, it was like on colors. display. Yeah, and like they, from from Thursday to Friday, it's two different colors. And yeah, it was like green, then it was like red, then it was like pink, then it was like yellow, uh-huh. and it was just, it was just gross. depending on what was coming out. Yeah, I think we're, this is like a medical podcast at this point. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so they end up like telling me like, hey, the doctor comes in and says like, hey, I was wrong. Uh, I guess this medicine is working. Um, but like, you know, we got to make sure it definitely worked. Like they're still, they were still pushing the surgery on me. Uh, even though like all this fluid came out that they thought, they thought that this, they thought this medicine was not going to work at all. Uh, so anyway, like Monday comes around and like they, uh, they take the, they take the chest tube out because like nothing has come out in like a day. And, uh, you know, they send me down for like another CT scan and they're like, Hey, this is like the moment of truth or whatever. Um, and, uh, they were like, <laughs> you know, 
you're either going home or you're going to surgery. Right. So uh, I get the CT scan and it's like, I wait forever, like hours and hours and hours and hours. And then like, finally, like the specialist comes and they're like, um, well, it looks like the majority of the fluid ended up leaving your body. It's like substantially less. And there's like a very minimal amount left in there, which will probably like naturally work its way out of your body. So we're going to recommend you do not go to surgery, which was like miracle to my ears. Yeah. So it, I mean, that's unfortunate. That's like 40 minutes of medical stuff for you guys, but uh, to kind of go backwards and then work forwards again to tell you where we were at with everything, um, you know, got to the point where that first full weekend you were there, we start to have the discussion with everyone and uh, and I say, hey, look, let's just plan as though you're going to be in the hospital, which thankfully we did go that route because we, we've got this show coming up and let's just start to go over everything. Uh, and then, you know, we, we went through there. It was Dom, myself, and uh, Matt Wadsworth kind of had a, a sidebar and we were discussing it and we're all working with Pedro as well. So it was the onus kind of throws on us, but uh, still keeping you in the loop. Thankfully, you weren't entirely out of it the entire time. Yeah, so. like I got like like there was those days where I got better before that tube got kinked up. So like yeah, I was still able to book the show and I was still able to like coordinate the hotels and like the flights and everything. Like I was like totally like coherent for like most of the time. Yeah, flights were except for the ex, except for the day of the show, honestly, because that's you know when I come out of like that like tube kinking that just like puts me out of commission. Yeah. But like up until like the few days before, like I thought I, I thought I was going home cause I felt so much yeah, better. We're sitting there thinking, you know, worst case scenario, you're getting out Friday morning before the show and, you and that's know, you what I come thought. and you'll be a spectator, but you know, don't worry. Like you'll be fine, but at least you'll, you'll get to be there. You'll get to watch and kind of hang out with everybody. Uh, to like not going to that show fucking like, uh, that uh, combined with like the kinking of the tube, like those two things like nearly killed me. I was like so depressed cause I've never missed an AW show before. Like it bummed me out so bad. And I want to bring this back kind of full circle because we are a wrestling podcast and I know we've had a lot of medical talk here, but a lot of people were worried. So we updated them on you. There were so many people reaching out to you and even day of the show. So I picked up the Godfather from the airport and one of the things I thought from talking to him was like, man, I wish we would have had this conversation sooner because it turns out his sister, he has an older sister, she went through a similar experience four years ago or so, did have to have the surgery, and then tells me she's been doing great since. But yeah, she was miserable. Then they had to cut her open, crack her, basically open her chest open, get all this stuff out of her uh, from surrounding her lungs, and then she was good to go. Then I can relay this information to you. It's like, all right, had we known that, probably would have been a little bit better shout out to the godfather too because like you know uh i told him what was going on but i told him everything was good to go and he like checked up on me like numerous times like texted me saturday morning like thanking me and like saying like how professional everything was and like hoping i get better soon like uh never met the fucking guy in my life but like you know uh great dude yeah super great guy we'll get uh, i mean we'll talk more on that for that episode but I mean, he wasn't. I is it safe to say that uh, you know the support that you were getting because this is how small the community wrestling is. You never met that guy. He's reaching out to you, 
uh, and other people are reaching out to you as well. Uh, I think the PCO shot yeah, P- you a message. I think PCO something. shot me a message, you know, like just, you know, uh, all sorts of people like, you know, like from all over the wrestling spectrum, you know what I mean? Like Chris hero and like Kevin Steen and like all these guys that have like way more important things to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, like tons of guys, you know, obviously like from AIW and like independent guys and like, uh, a part of me, a part of it made me feel good. And like a part of it, like was really like depressing at the same time, uh-huh. you know? Cause like, it's like, uh, uh, the thing that was most depressing is, is like, there's literally, there's literally nothing I could do to get better. Like I just had to sit there with my arm out with fucking IVs in it yeah, and just like hope that it worked. Uh, as well as, you know, then this tube connected to a wall. Like I just had to like sit there and like hope that it worked. Like there was nothing that I could do to like physically make myself get better, which was very frustrating. Now to your point and credit that you've said many times, we have, uh, I guess over the better part of the last year when we've really kind of taken things, uh, from Chandler and we've, we've kind of taken over everything have turned this into a machine so that we can plug people into different roles and, you know, we've delegated a lot more things. Uh, and then we, we just, we had to do a little bit more the week of the show so I don't know that you were necessarily worried about that as much, but do you, uh, did you start worrying about it in general? I wasn't worried about the, the show. I wasn't worried about the show at all. Cause like it is like it, it, it the show's run itself at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, like all the work, like most of the work goes into the show before the show. Like once you get to the show, it's pretty like it runs pretty smoothly for the most part. It's just right. like, you know, whether you got to like move a, a some things around if people are running late or whatever but for the most part like you know uh all the work is done like weeks leading in into the show <coughs> um so I, I wasn't worried i wasn't worried about the show at all um i just w- was disappointed that i wasn't there like but i had no i had no fear that like anything bad was going to happen because like just the way we do things is so simple at the show that it's like it's it's almost like idiot proof it's foolproof like right. It will, it will, it will run itself. Like, and there's plenty of guys that know what needs to get done and they're just going to make sure that it goes that way. Are you, uh, sitting in the hospital thinking about what your future is with AIW while all this is going on though at any point? Um, the only thing that I thought about was, uh, I definitely like removed myself from any wrestling plans in the future, which were definitely in the cards, uh, coming out of the gauntlet. Uh, that's the only thing that like I really changed because like I was just like, uh, you know, like uh, before, you know, you, you think you're like invincible or whatever, uh, and then you know, spending you know twelve or thirteen days or whatever it was in the hospital, like that made me think like, you know what, like I'm not gonna do like anything that's going to even like remotely risk me having to come back to this place. So like, yeah. I instantly like removed myself from like all those like plans uh, going forward. Uh, just, <laughs> just cause like, it was just like one of those, like, you know, like wake up call moments or whatever. And I know the rest of us, uh, feel a lot of, uh, messages, texts, whatever the case may be, uh, from fans and other, uh, wrestlers alike. And so, you know, we did pass those along. Thank you to all of you for checking in on John throughout that entire time. Um, what so now as we sit here today you had a checkup appointment i did and i had like i actually had like uh 
a panic attack being back in like a hospital setting like uh that's that that's never happened to me before like i just went it was just like a regular like follow-up appointment to like just listen to my lungs or whatever and like i had like a full-on like fucking panic attack like i started sweating like uncontrollably i got like nauseous and lightheaded i got like these ringing in my ears and like it only lasted like a minute or two but like it was like one of those like holy shit like I feel like it was like the fight or flight or whatever from your body. Right. And like, I was terrified of being back in a hospital setting based on like what I experienced, like, you know, you know, the entire time when I was hospitalized. So like, I was so scared that this doctor was going to come in and be like, you got to go back. (laughs) Thankfully that was not the case. No, we are sitting in your, your place now where you live. Yeah. Thankfully it wasn't. I mean, I still have, (coughs) I still have like, um, you know, several more like follow-ups based on the severity of the pneumonia. Like I have to go, you know, again, like next week. And then I have to go like three weeks after that. Um, and they still have me on like fucking like a bunch of antibiotics and stuff, but (coughs) so far so good, thankfully. So, uh, as we wind this down, I think, uh, let's get to the heart of the matter and things. Uh, while you were in the hospital, we had a conversation. You said no more drinking coming out of this. Uh, yeah, I'm probably not going to drink for quite some time. <laughs> so if you plan on bringing John Thorne bottles of Tito's, they're going to, they're going to collect some dust for a while until I feel like should people still bring them or will you request something else? Is nah, there something else that they could bring in place? I don't know what to bring me, but probably not some, probably no Tito's for a while. Okay. Uh, just because based on, like, potentially, like, the drinking could have been what lowered my immune system Yeah. on top of the no sleep. I mean, they they haven't pinpointed it, you know what I mean? So I'm just going to, like, probably take it, uh, take take a couple steps back for a little bit, you know? Like, I might skip out on some of those fun house after parties. <laughs> well, you can go, you just can't I probably, partake. Or, I probably can't go you know, and not maybe partake. Maybe just wave, shake some hands. Uh all right, heart of the matter, who was your least favorite hospital visitor? I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I appreciate the everyone that came to visit me. Like, I didn't let too many people know where I was, though. Yeah. Um, How about the... Uh, <laughs> but Dave the Potato, were you worried when he was going to come visit you? But then he, he got really sad, so you were okay with it? I don't mind Dave the Potato. Everyone else hates Dave the Potato. <laughs> I don't mind Dave the Potato. He was very sad, though. Like, yeah. Like, tears. I bet. I mean, he was, uh, look, we've all been through a lot here for the last, uh, and that, like, I literally, like, I probably looked like I was on my deathbed because that was, like, coming out of, like, that kinked tube night. So, like, I was, like, in bad shape, like, oxygen fucking mask on yeah. and, like, everything. So, like, I can only imagine what people thought when they came. Uh, most random hospital visitor, definitely Nick Gage. <laughs> he came, he came Friday. Yeah. Uh, along with just about everybody else. Yeah, Nick Gage, I, I would say I didn't expect Nick Gage to, to roll through the fucking hospital. Usually he's going to the hospital as an emergency room, but uh, judging by the scars on that man, I feel like typically he doesn't go there. He was wrestling with pneumonia, he told me. <laughs> I said, you're insane. Did that make you feel like less of a man? Uh, no, because they, okay. they said that I had the 10% in the because world's worst pneumonia. Yeah, okay, you got to wear that badge of honor. On top of the fluid on my lung. Yeah. All right, final question, heart of the matter. How much are your hospital bills? I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm just, I'm very, I have insurance, but I'm very scared about that. <laughs> Cause like, I feel that since I never use it, 
I pick like the most expensive possible deductible ever yeah. to take the to take the least amount of money out of my paycheck. I think you definitely uh, you I know, went beyond. Uh, dude, I went beyond your deductible. Oh, I guaranteed. <laughs> I but see, like some stuff I think they cover, some stuff they don't cover. Like yeah. right off the rip, I've spent I've spent uh, three hundred and twenty dollars just on the emergency rooms. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, I don't I don't know what it's gonna be because I had so many tests and so many CT scans and so many X-rays and right. like fucking I'm sure those fucking uh, pills they were giving me were expensive and the vacuum didn't look like much but who knows that's oh, probably expensive. Sh- I'm sure that oper- that chest tube operation was a lot. Yeah. So I mean I don't know I don't I've never I've never been hospitalized before so I don't know how that works. I've really never gone to the hospital before, uh, so like I don't know how that works like. Do they just like send me a bill? Yeah, you'll be getting a bill. I mean, I don't know. You'll that, be, you'll I, be I, getting a bill. I don't have anything yet. So uh, we don't know how much it is, folks. Uh, but uh, I'm sure we could probably use your help. So uh, yeah, buy some tickets. Also, buy things. Also, from Smart the, Mark Video. Also, the city of Cleveland hit AIW up. They want us to start charging eight percent sales tax. So <laughs> <laughs> I got to deal with that too. Like that was that was a big thing coming out of the hospital. That was a that was a. Yeah. That was an email I discovered today when I was fucking catching up on things. We'll be working on how uh, we figured how we figured that into prices. We may just eat that cost. We may have to split it. So please, no complaints. But we'll figure it out for you guys. And it's big time when the city hits you up. Like yeah, <laughs> that's no, that's no fucking joke. That was man. Did you want to talk about that? Was almost my second panic attack of the day. <laughs> yeah, you uh, looked at that just. Uh, few minutes before i got here so <sighs> yeah well long story short you were pretty sick you are back you're i feel you're i feel way to health i feel okay they say it's gonna they say it could take uh a week a few weeks to get back to normal um i feel okay i feel okay now i'm gonna try to like go back to like my job and stuff yeah and uh, see, you know, see about readjusting to like normal life, but uh, yeah, I thought I was gonna die, man. No joke. Well, I'm obviously glad you didn't. I'm happy to be sitting here, and we can have uh, the dumb conversations again. And I know everybody else is, is happy that you're all right, Mister Whiskers. Super happy that you're back home. Oh, Mister Whiskers has not left my side since I've returned home. <laughs> Today was the first day I even went outside since I got out of the hospital. That's all, like. Like uh, it's what, a nice day for it too. What is it called? Like uh, when you're just like terrified of like sickness now, like hypochondriac. Uh, yeah, is that what it's called? You always think something's wrong with you. Yeah, that's what I feel like now. Like ter- I, first, I've gone outside since being released from the hospital was today. Like what about Bob style? Like <laughs> terrified. I'm like terrified of like the world now. Like it's uh yeah I don't know man. It's a uh, it's a scary thing. Well, folks. Uh, Start buying those JLIT tickets so that uh, we can help pay. John cover the cost of bills, buy stuff from Smart Mark Radio. <laughs> yeah, and, and pay off the fucking taxes, too. No, we got to pay off these taxes. Um, any other way? I'm trying to think that people can no, just, throw things. That's it. Do those things, folks. Just do those things. And uh, we will be having a hotel announcement coming for you guys for JLIT weekend. So <laughs> stay tuned on that. Yeah, just working out those details, making sure it stays open this year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that was enough of a teaser. You might know who, who it is. Uh, for John Thorne, it's been a while. My name is Steve Guy. 
Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode, I guess. I know it's very medical. It's a long update, but uh, we always try to operate with, uh, you know, pulling back the curtain. and, and I don't want anybody to operate. Full deal. <laughs> yes. So thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. <laughs>